0: Today on the podcast, we have an interview with Andre Boulet. Andre is the owner of yoyoexpert.com and A-Z Science located in Northampton, Massachusetts. Andre helped pioneer online tutorials in the mid-2000s and is a national yo-yo master. Uh, we talk about Andre's background, the evolution of yo-yos over the years at the yo-yo community, and what current yo-yo models really stick out to him. Be sure to check out yoyoexpert.com for all your yo-yo needs. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Andre Boulay, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. So, Andre, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into yo-yoing?
1: Yeah, so I started uh, kind of right after the big yo-yo boom that happened in the late 90s. So, 98, 99, everyone had a Mm yo-yo. It was the coolest thing to do on the playground. Um, And somehow I missed out on that. I didn't pick up a yo-yo when it was actually cool. Um, I got into it just after it wasn't anymore. And uh, in some ways though that was the best part about it is yeah. I was always like into things when it wasn't necessarily the coolest thing to be doing. Um, but got really lucky that we had locally this amazing toy store, um, A to Z science out here. And so found them. They were actually during the yo-yo boom, um, they had started doing classes using Omega. Uh, Yomega had, along with team high performance i don't know if you know about the the yo-yo boom in the 98 that was uh,
0: when i got into it originally oh nice oh awesome
1: okay go way back then so yeah so you know yomega at team high performance like they kind of were um you know what everyone looked at in terms of structure for teaching yo-yo and everything so yeah so yomega team high performance had kind of like the structure for teaching and so when i first uh was introduced to yo-yo they had full list of tricks, and they had teachers at the store, and I wasn't super interested in the moment, um, but there was just some amazing teachers there that really connected with me and kind nice. of got me excited. So, they, me and my, my brother started, um, and I quickly stole his yo-yo and kind of picked <laughs> it up from there. <laughs> nice. I feel
0: like that's typically typically how it goes. So... <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's true. We, uh, you know, we still teach classes three days a week at the store and siblings, we usually find one survives and Mm -hmm. the other decides it's not their thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's (laughs)
0: usually the one who picks it up a little bit quicker and they just keep rolling. I mean, you see that in in pretty much every It's not
1: always the older one, though, which is kind of cool. I mean, sometimes when it's the younger of the two that gets really into it and excels like it's almost cooler because sometimes the younger sibling really needs that thing, you mm-hmm. know?
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see that. I, uh, I spent a good amount of time coaching age group swimming and like, you'd see that all the nice. time and, and either like one of them would get out of it or they just switch events completely. So they're like, I'm not totally going to worry about that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So then eventually you started teaching those classes.
1: Uh, yeah. So, you know, they, the way they structured the classes and we've kind of continued the structure to a certain extent is like they had different levels and as you advanced through the levels um eventually you would get to the point where you completed the bulk of the levels and you could join their demonstration team um and so once i finished the levels it actually it took me a while it was probably like a good two years um because i started yo-yoing i think i was around 14 it was like freshman year high school Mm -hmm. um and i didn't really get quite through because at the time looping tricks were all over the list yeah um the last trick on the list was two-handed loops uh and i still remember how long it took me to get vertical loops and shoot Mm -hmm. the moon and it was just a long journey um and so yeah by the time i finished it you know i was 16 um, could start driving and stuff and I always loved teaching like I always thought that that was one of my favorite parts about mm-hmm. yo-yo is I would go hang out at the classes and I would hang around and look for people that were kind of just starting and cause I it took me a while to learn the tricks I was always a pretty slow learner um, and I had a lot of good insight in terms of like this part took me forever to learn until somebody told me this you know and so I kind of mm-hmm. had good angles and perspectives and Got so much out of that that in my mind it was like oh the coolest thing to do would be able to like get a job teaching yo yo and yeah. thankfully they uh, you know they were they said yeah like let's have you start uh, as a salesperson at the store so started doing yo yo classes teaching yo yo and stuff and uh, yeah I kind of just continued my enthusiasm for it.
0: That's a that's a pretty cool progression to see. So I'm sure you had a couple teachers that really impacted you when you were growing up and it's kind of cool to see that come full circle to see, you know, you taught the classes and then you eventually made the online tutorials, which I'm sure at least half of the people, if not more that are listening to this podcast, learn from those, those expert village <laughs> videos or the ones that are on yo-yo expert. So how did you make that transition into doing the
1: online tutorials? Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Cause at the time, the internet was still new for video specifically mm-hmm. in terms of educational video. I mean, yeah. now it's obvious, like, I want to learn something. What do I do? I Google it. And yeah. that wasn't something we necessarily did quite yet at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube, YouTube, I think, maybe existed. Um, but it wasn't like the common word that we throw out when you're trying to do whatever it is you're doing or looking for entertainment and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And so there were like, lots of... Was that the time when it was some people still had dial-up some had dsl oh totally yeah Yeah. so it was a different animal at that point
1: oh yeah streaming video wasn't super easy and even like you know encoding video uploading video hosting video because i still remember back when i first started yo-yo and i I grew up with dial up for a much longer period of time than most um and i remember like leaving my computer on all night to try and download, you know, like a, a one minute video. Yeah. And like I'd wake up the next morning and have like 10 seconds downloaded because like it just decided to stop working all night. But those mm-hmm. 10 seconds were so exciting. Yep. It was like this holy video of new tricks I had never seen before. So yeah, it was a different, different animal. E- even when um like 2000, 2000- 2004 I we're going to nationals and filming freestyle videos and we would upload the freestyle videos to our server and you had to pay at the time I and mean, you still kind of have to pay but it's a different world with it mm-hmm. but you used to have to pay per you know megabyte gigabyte that you transferred to people that were downloading those videos so it was actually pretty expensive to serve mm-hmm. videos to people who want to download them so yeah it, it was kind of crazy i remember at the time um the expert village who i filmed those with they were basically a startup company that was looking for an opportunity to try and build something that they could sell to somebody else quick. And so Mm -hmm. in their mind, they thought they were going to sell it to Google, which is funny Mm -hmm. because Google had bought YouTube. Um, But they were like, we're going to build the largest database of how to do things. And so Expert Village would be the place you would go to learn whatever it is that you want to learn. And so they hired totally random videographers from around the country. Actually, it wasn't even hired. It was just like, They posted freelance jobs, and so if you were doing video, people would look around for opportunities to freelance jobs. And there's a there's a town about an hour away from where I lived at the time that was kind of just searching. You know, are there people that do yo-yo in Massachusetts in this area? And they initially talked to John Higby, who also Mm. uh, he lived in Boston at the time, and he wasn't really as much of a teacher as he was a performer. But he's like, oh, you know, there's a guy that that teaches regularly at yo-yo classes out here in your way and so we connected and uh you know they they paid i think it was 30 dollars for every segment and each mm-hmm. segment was 15 videos um so in each of those videos was almost like two minutes two or three minutes and, yeah. you know in terms of the amount of time spent it wasn't necessarily like decent pay but the idea yeah. was that it was supposed to be for exposure
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and at the time too dark, we had really stark magic which was my signature mm-hmm. yo-yo and i was doing tons of customer service stuff for yo-yo jam and i was running their yo-yo team and everything too and so I, you know i was in yo-yo and it was like mm-hmm. it was in my blood at that point and everything that like i woke up and went to sleep <laughs> thinking talking yo-yo stuff with everybody online so, yeah, I mean, I jumped on it because I, I was teaching every single day and I had a lot of the natural, uh, you know, ability to just talk through a yo-yo trick. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about it. It was actually easier for me to talk and teach than it was even to do the tricks, I think, sometimes. So, <laughs> so yeah, we we shot like a hundred and something videos and like that one day, they were all single takes. Like, if you go back and watch all really? the videos, my my voice gets increasingly rasped. <laughs> as, uh, you know, I just lose it completely. Yeah. I still remember I got, like, horrible, um, like, kind of like a sore throat, head cold, like, both Mm -hmm. times I shot videos with them because it just, like, destroyed my throat, and, uh, yeah, but, you know, and I still remember them, like, finishing the videos and thinking, like, well, no one's ever going to be able to learn from those because, like, they are far too just, like, unrehearsed, one-takes, it didn't, like, seem like they had good angles or anything like that. Um, but in, but we put them, put them out there and yeah.
0: So. Yeah. At the same point, like there wasn't much on the internet in way of those tutorials for quite a while. Like it was, I learned from a Smothers Brothers VHS and then, uh, yep. I kind of took a break and then I, when the internet, like I finally got, uh, cable internet, Google search, yo-yo tricks and yours were the only ones that came up. So, uh,
1: well I had, you know, prior to that, I had also posted, Um, videos on my own website which was mastermagic.net which is still there Mm -hmm. um, from way back when and you know yeah tutorials were different too because like Mm -hmm. audio wasn't a thing like you didn't have somebody teaching a trick to you verbally prior to my videos that were teaching like on my own website there because the way I I structured those videos was I just did the trick and then I would break down the trick in text below it with Mm -hmm. numbered steps Um, because at least in my head it was easier to break them into steps and You know, before that, when people were learning tricks, a lot of times they'd learn them from Sector Y. Um, Mm. There were a lot of tricks posted there with tutorial breakdowns, but that was more of a visual breakdown Mm -hmm. of the trick components, not even the video. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, prior to that, too, there was Ken's World on a String. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the same kind of idea. Like, he did a really good job um, with visual step-by-step picture um, interpretations of each step, you know. And, yeah, I mean, both of those were good, and I kind of naturally progressed, you know, with what you could do with video at the time, because you really, like you said, um, it was difficult for people to download video. A lot of people were on dial-up. And so I would try and minimize the size of the video file so that somebody on dial-up could still download and learn from it. Um, So it would have to be a small file. Like, audio was never going to work. So I think at the time, too, like, you know, not knowing, you know, Video watching a video like that, like not knowing how that would even work. Like, I just didn't think it was going to work in my head. Like, I was mm-hmm. came out of those videos just thinking, Oh, yeah, like nobody's gonna learn from these at all. Um, and initially, too, it took a while for people to really find them. Um, mm-hmm. one of the problems Exford Village had is they didn't really know Yo Yo. And uh-huh. I had given a very structured list of, um, you know, trick one, two, three kind of, mm-hmm. you know, this is the order in which you should try and organize them. Um, but they were not really, if, even if you go back, like, I think everything else they taught too, it was more like how to do this, versus a progression of steps mm-hmm. you would do to learn a larger skill set. And so that's one of the first things I identified that they needed to kind of fix was the progression, because it's so important to learn mm-hmm. this part before you learn this part. And like, to this day, that's so crucial, I find because um, if you're missing a, a key component of a trick it can be really difficult to learn that next trick mm-hmm. so yo-yo expert was honestly kind of born out of seeing the opportunity to take part of what i had done in relation to something else and just better organize re- represent it to or represent it to other people so
0: yeah and I, I think with uh yo-yo expert i mean i personally found it because of the tutorials, but. Uh, It was nice because it was just kind of set up like a trick ladder. Like, here's the tricks, here's the order. They kind of build on one another, and then you go from there. So, that was what you were saying. So, that's kind of the idea behind how Yo Yo Expert started.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, at the time, we were really, Yo Yo was evolving at such a rapid pace because the bind return was still fairly new in the big scheme of things. Mm -hmm. You know, in 2000, so I started Yo Yo Expert in 2008, and I would say, you know, In 2000, so Johnny Diwali won Worlds in 2003, and it was a pretty pivotal moment um, because he used yoga that was completely unresponsive. Um, And prior to that, 2002, Yuki Spencer won Worlds on a freehand, and that was not completely unresponsive. Mm And the way Johnny had set up his yo-yos was so incredibly unresponsive, like most people couldn't get them back to their hand. Like he was, you know, far ahead of his time in terms of understanding like how to engineer a yo-yo to not come back up at all um I, I still remember thinking like this is like the worst like i would never want to play with a yo-yo like this it's so silly
0: i feel like that's um,
1: a uh still
0: a common response to a lot of people getting their first <laughs> unresponsive yo-yo
1: oh yeah right you really have to ease yourself into that and yeah. understand why mm-hmm. i mean i still i still love a balance like i still want it to bind really nicely but obviously no one wants a yo that snaps back in the middle mm-hmm. um but that's what we had at the time so you know it took it took a good three to four years, I think, before that had become the norm. And in that time, you know, the tricks had to kind of evolve because, like, we were still teaching, you know, looping tricks at the time. Like, it was important to teach, you know, a loop and shoot the moon. And for whatever reason, we felt they were still important structurally to, you know, Mm -hmm. learning how to control a yo-yo in space even and stuff. You know, I was still teaching people how to do that. And so by the time I shot the Expert Village videos, I think, two thousand six 2007 um it had become more clear to me that they were two very different things Mm -hmm. you know and nobody had really taken the time i think to try and separate and then figure out how to present it online most of the people like teaching people i mean it was still it was still really new even to this day I, i find every day um i think of new ways to try and like What's the best progression, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of tricks, steps, stuff like that. Like it's a constant work in progress um, just because people learn at such a faster pace that they skip things that maybe are Mm -hmm. relevant things and trying to make sure you fill in the gaps to give everyone a well-rounded, you know, repertoire of tricks or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, not even with that. Like I'm sure the more you teach, the more you realize everybody kind of picks it up different rates. Everybody picks it up a little bit differently. So you're kind of individually catering it for those people. Or oh, totally.
1: you're thinking of. I mean that's the hard part with the internet is you can't mm-hmm. see the style by which some somebody learns and you also can't see you can't see where they get frustrated and where they're gonna quit um, yeah. or where they're gonna skip this step and then eventually you know one of one of the most common ones I remember is like people always start with the string you know all the way at the bottom mm-hmm. of their middle finger which is fine until you get to like wrist mount tricks where you're trying to do things where you're trying to get a really large triangle. If it's all the way down, it can be really difficult mm-hmm. to do it. Um, and with that said, there's always people that, that still break the rules on that and oh, can accomplish sure. what they need to accomplish. Um, but there's things that definitely make it easier, a long run for people to learn on. And you have to try and find ways to ensure that they get all of those steps, uh, all those pieces so that they continue to learn. Cause I think that's the most important thing for me is that people, you know, stay, uh, excited mm-hmm. and want to kind of keep progressing versus like hitting a wall, getting frustrated and just stopping. Yeah. So,
0: well, I think what's really cool with it anymore is like, we have the online community, like, especially on Instagram, which is like in my mind mm-hmm. almost the perfect medium for yo-yoing. Cause you can put a quick oh, 15, totally. 20, so seconds. visual. Yeah.
1: I know. Talk about a revolution for yo-yo. Cause like again coming back from the beginning mm-hmm. of yo-yo like modern yo-yo bind return you know having to sit and wait for a video to download um man you, you, can, know, you just, can
0: scroll right now for a minute and probably see more Yo-Yo yeah. videos than you saw in a week before it yeah i mean crazy. literally
1: every, you know every every minute you probably can find something new to see and mm-hmm. look at and yeah it's incredible i mean the the amount of new tricks and the ability to watch something new and get inspired it's you know exponentially yeah (laughs) larger it's it's insane right now
0: all right so uh with yo-yo expert like a lot of people do know you for the retail end of things so how did you kind of pull that entity into the into the teaching space
1: yeah that was a really natural progression and Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't actually my initial intention um when we started yo-yo expert it really was focused on education and teaching kind of building a place that community could come together and engage so I'd always been really into community and um when I first started yo-yoing everything revolved around forums because um, mm-hmm. you know we didn't have social media didn't really exist quite yet so still remember like when I first started yo-yo expert and we started the forum um I had to explain to people like what Twitter was because people were like, (laughs) we tried to have a Twitter contest. Everyone's like, what's this Twitter thing? And you know, it's amazing how far we've come. uh, Um, those times even with like Facebook and stuff, I think most people were like, it was colleges still at the time and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So just a very different world. Um, so, you know, community was a big thing because obviously all these other many communities didn't really exist. People didn't have a way to connect with people the Mm -hmm. same way they do now necessarily and um you know from that i had dark magic so we were selling dark magic and that was you know like like i i definitely at the time it was definitely a popular yo-yo surprisingly at the competition level Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends that would pick it up got really into it and i mean i had people win nationals on it, place extremely high at worlds um For consecutive years, too. Um, But in terms of people learning on it, you know, I always knew that it's important to show people like what it can do, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, in my head, that was a big part of it, too. Um, You know, I was like pretty happy selling dark magics. And then my long run goal was just to better find ways to teach people how to yo-yo and so initially my thought was to like actually do videos with other yo-yo players and then ideally maybe even like make dvds and like sell Mm -hmm. dvds of people's yo-yo tricks to try and find ways to make other people money in yo-yoing so that they could kind of have motivation to create tricks and uh, again such a different world now Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: yes
1: (laughs) but Um, you know that was the initial goal and what kind of organically happened was um, I had a really strong background in sales and stuff and I understood every single yo-yo out there just because we also sold them at the toy store I was working Mm -hmm. at the time so you know you name it whatever problem someone had with a yo-yo I had seen it before firsthand Mm -hmm. like I had replaced the bearing I had replaced the response I had Seen how to fix like an axle that got snapped in this one yo-yo and i knew how to do that and stuff um and also you know knew what was popular and i was just as excited about new yoyos as everybody else was so mm-hmm. kind of organically kind of continued to grow um you know i also understood like it was always important to tell the story of the design and i think at the time in retail for yo-yo um it was very <laughs> you know kind of just here's a picture here's a sentence, Um, and I think at the time, there was not enough, there wasn't that many yo-yos out there, so it wasn't that important, Um, Mm -hmm. but when we came out in 2008, there was kind of this boom of new manufacturing in the U.S., you know, China wasn't really a thing yet, but tons of people were making yo-yos in the U.S., and, you know, there was also like some pretty big steps in yo-yo in terms of visual design, um, as well as, the 888 was still fairly new and like really dead smooth yo-yos and being able to Mm -hmm. tell the story of how the design was made and stuff like that. I got really into that. Yeah, And so, you know, we just spent a lot of time on, you know, pictures and graphic presentation and telling the story and had a lot of fun with that. But I think people really appreciated, um, you know, how we took the time to present products Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so it was kind of this natural progression. I never really intended to be a huge retail presence. Um, but quickly became one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think what was so nice about your website, like even when it was relatively new, was it was just basically a dictionary for yo-yos that were out. And then you mm-hmm. had the reviews on there, so you could click just see what people were doing or what they liked, what mm-hmm. they didn't like about that specific yo-yo. And if you had the reviews and you're like, eh, this isn't what I want, right at the bottom there were other yo-yos. Just click on and you're like, well, let's see what <laughs> see what this one looks like. But right. uh, I definitely think that, that jumpstarted jumpstarted you guys quite a bit
1: totally totally
0: so on the opposite end of that spectrum so where do you see yo-yo expert going in the future
1: um yeah i mean we're we're kind of going back to our roots in that sense i think we're looking for ways to yeah i've had this really long um (laughs) long journey of redesigning the website the way i I have it in my Mm -hmm. head it's always hard to like get the thing that you want out of your head the way you want it and I think um, specifically with the changes in the internet since cell phones came out I think um, I had always hand coded everything myself like when we first started the website and it's funny because even when we first started the (laughs) the initial means by which we charged people's credit card and everything was I had found this random like Perl script it was all like hand coded I didn't have a database for inventory or anything like that um so literally just was like a html web page where there was a button that sent someone's information to a credit card you know processing Mm -hmm. page or whatever all secure of course but like you know just different times. Um, mm-hmm. Everything could be built with tables and you knew what it was going to look like. It was going to be on a desktop computer except mm-hmm. cell phones didn't really exist no. in terms of that. And uh, I could control the experience really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you fast forward to, you know,
2: 2012,
1: 12, 13, 14, iPhones, you know, Android kind of has come out and now it's like everyone's on their phone and it really changes how you can present things. I feel Mm -hmm. like it it definitely adds some complexities in terms of giving um, websites and the kind of experience that I want people to have, like the depth I want people to have. Um, It makes it harder um, because you have to try and find a way to, on this tiny screen, um, still get, People excited, but not put too much on there mm-hmm. where it becomes you know too much kind of thing. Um, and then also just the rate at which like content comes out and stuff too. There's just so much out there mm-hmm. that you kind of have to you know do a lot to kind of stay relevant. And so yeah, I think for us like what we're trying to do is um, we are really like, excited with the new website. I've got a lot of good ways to I think make it interesting. Still on mobile, but give it a really unique feel and something that like is exciting to open up and look through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like our current website now, and our current website was kind of the answer um, to we were on a non-mobile friendly website, and I needed to get us to a mobile friendly website. So I made that jump, and I learned a lot in the process of doing that. Our forum software was another big component of that too, because mm-hmm. you know forums back in 2008 when we started were so different than they are mm-hmm. now. I mean, some of them, a lot of the form software that's out there is still pretty archaic. Oh um, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, but we, you know, jumped to modern software last year, and that's been good. I think in terms mm-hmm. of like growing our community, it really is a different, you know, different space in terms of being able to discuss things than Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so that's been really good. So I think it's kind of taking all those pieces and pulling it together um as well as obviously the focus on learning tutorials mm-hmm. i've got a lot of really cool ideas on like how to present tricks and how to break things down that i haven't been able to really do um that i think i'll be able to do this coming year um, nice. so yeah there's lots of lots of good opportunities i'm excited about <laughs> yeah that all
0: that all sounds like good stuff so let's uh let's move on to the next part of the con or uh conversation so being surrounded with yo-yos on pretty much a daily basis. I'm assuming you, you got <laughs> a pretty total. good knowledge of them. So uh, in your eyes, like I personally view like the dark magic is kind of like in my mind, like the baseline for modern yo-yoing because <laughs> like all of my buddies in college, I kind of got them into yo-yoing and they were watching the videos. So they all picked up the dark magic. So like, well we want what's in the video. So, right, uh, right. so yeah. So in general, like since the dark magic, especially I think the dark magic too, came out. How mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. yo-yo design in general kind of changed? I know that's a big question, but uh...
1: No, no, it's uh, yeah, so at the time, I think the biggest <laughs> so we, we, we touched on this a little bit before mm-hmm. where yo-yos were still semi-responsive you know, so you would throw a hard sleeper and you would tug and the yo-yo would generally come back, even with a wide bearing many times. The Dark Magic one, for sure, um, was like that, that one had an adjustable gap um, and then when we came out with Dark Magic 2, the bind had cemented itself mm-hmm. in yo-yo. and what the Dark Magic 2 came with a responsive slim variant inside of it, and then a wider unresponsive variant that you would put in for bind returns. And so you know everyone understood bind returns, unresponsive play as a thing at that point. So that was at least kind of the standard. And so from there, I think the biggest difference was, uh, you know, everyone was still playing with plastic and metal-rimmed yo-yos. Mm -hmm. Yo-yo Jam was kind of at the top of their game, and it was very much thought of that metal-rimmed yo-yos were always going to be superior to a full metal yo-yo. Um, it took a long time for people's minds to get changed on that one, because if you think about it, you know, if you have a plastic body, uh, plastic should be low density Mm -hmm. and aluminum, stainless steel, brass rims on that plastic body should give you the, the most rim weight physically possible. Um, so it should be like the longest spinning, the best spinning yo-yos and most metal yo-yos that first came out in that time range, um, weren't super impressive in terms of their spin capabilities in relation to, you know, these metal rim DIOs that were out and it took a long time for people to figure out how to put the weight where they needed to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just silicone response was a huge breakthrough. Because um, at the time, dark magic was using um, you know rubber O rings mm-hmm. and silicone. As it slowly became the standard and stuff too, allowed for like much tighter binds. So it allowed for wider gaps, and then people would put the rim weight further and further out, um, and it, and you could still get the yo yo back even though it was spinning so incredibly powerful that yeah, I mean the design shifts really went to you know metal yo-yos because you could machine them completely. Um, So they would be like completely dead smooth. I mean, I think Yo-Yo Factory, when they introduced the 888, Mm -hmm. was kind of a real pivotal moment, um, at least even in my mind, because I still remember the day I threw that yo-yo. I was still working for Yo-Yo Jam at the time, and I remember looking down Mm at it and just going whoa because like you would throw it and it's almost like you couldn't feel it Mm -hmm. um there was this very weird mental space i went into. where it's just like oh my god like i've never experienced a yo-yo quite like this before and at the time too i didn't i didn't think (laughs) i remember like when they first showed pictures of it it just literally looked like a ripoff of the hitman Mm -hmm. from yo-yo jam at the time just a metal hitman and so we were like it's not going to play any better than a hitman because it couldn't right and then you throw it and you're like whoa they figured out something magical here mm-hmm. and so you know the progression of completely dead smooth dead smooth spinning no vibration whatsoever that was huge um huge amount of rim weight you know and again yo factor was pioneers with that because the g5 um was like one of the first like super rim weighted yo-yos in that in that sense there was a couple others too H mm-hmm. then was one of the first out there too with some weird designs and then, you know, as time progressed, I think the biggest shift you've seen has just been the shape of the body mm-hmm. and maximizing that gap. So you really cutting away from the gap immediately. Um, turning point was one of the first ones to add like a little whip and then cut out from the gap and stuff too, I remember. And so you just kind of continue to see this evolution of like, you know, low walls coming down to the gap people got really good at binding. So mm-hmm. I think at the time too, it took people a while to be able to learn how to bind the way they need to bind to be able to throw hard enough, get spin long enough that they could really take advantage of the walls being that low. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I think it's a little bit of a uh, smaller evolution in terms of design from that point, but it's definitely a very clear evolution, small mm-hmm. progression to just like this incredible finesse of design that we have today. So
0: yeah. So like kind of sacking onto there. So what would you say were like the main yo-yos that really influenced like where modern yo-yoing is right now? So I know you touched on like the 888, the Hitman, Dark Magic as well, but any other ones, even like more modern yo-yos that have kind of pushed the design along, whether it's shape or something like that.
1: It's interesting. I don't know if it is usually design that pushes it as much as it is the story and the player behind mm-hmm. the actual design. You know, I think, um, Right now, Gentry with Shutter is kind of like the perfect example of this, um, you know, sh- there you go. Got yep. Shudder bimetal there. And yeah, so, you know, we you can do any yo-yo trick on any yo-yo. Um, and the difference between a Shutter and like an 888, <laughs> um, I mean, people would still love to throw an 888 mm-hmm. in relation to the Shutter. Um, So at that point, it really kind of comes down to it. And the shutter is an amazing yo-yo.
2: Mm -hmm. By
1: far, definitely an amazing yo-yo. The the shutter wide angle is like one of my favorite yo-yos to throw, period, at this moment. Agreed. Um, I just can't put that yo-yo down. I just really enjoy how it moves in space and controls and everything. I love teaching on it and stuff like that. But I think the most important thing is more the story behind who's using it, why they use it, who they are, and then what they go on to do with it. Um, And Gentry, again, has done a really good job kind of building the story from the beginning um like when shutter was first released he hadn't had a world title yet you know Mm -hmm. he i still remember we actually we released it with yo-yo factory we did a we did a pre-release um at the world yo-yo contest and he didn't make finals um and it was like darn like you got this amazing new yo-yo and didn't make finals and uh, it's funny too i was never a huge fan of the original original shutter design at that point in time either um, they refined the original shutter design quite a bit in between mm-hmm. that first first release and whatever they have right now. It's, it's pretty different in terms of mm-hmm. how you, how it feels when you throw it and stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't really know what to think about it either. And Gentry was still pretty new, up-and-coming kind of thing. Um, but then, you know, clearly focused and went to win Worlds in Prague the next year. And I think, you know, it's it's kind of, you have to have that balance. You Obviously, design is so crucial, so important. You know, you need to make a year that, feels unique and different um and then i think you also need a person's story to go with that in terms of like why do i want this yo-yo um and i still to this day i think that's like just as equally important to mm-hmm. design is the story behind and, and it's not necessarily a player's story it can be the story behind the design itself mm-hmm. or the story behind the company and stuff like that um but yeah so kind of going off your, your question, um, you know, I think Shutter is a good example of one. Um, I think in terms of modern, modern design, I feel like Caribou Lodge was a very, mm-hmm. um, you know, big um, aspect of, like, the move towards kind of, like, actually the gap in the shape and everything. Um, Chris McKuan was always very forward thinking in terms of how to design a yo-yo to be both comfortable as well as competition focused and he knows where to put weight in places that just you throw it and you immediately go, Wow, this feels good. Um and the chief uh when they made that it was one of my like all time favorite yo yo's. I just still remember again throwing that yo yo down and kinda going, Wow, um, this yo yo is amazing. And, you know, there's there's definitely other yo-yos kind of in between um, all of those that kind of led to where we are now. Um, but I kind of like to feel like it's not necessarily one or two models. I really feel like yo-yoing has just had this amazing progression um, from, you know, the introduction of bind returns in modern yo-yo. And it's been a very... Slow, steady rise to where we are now, where it's everybody kind of builds off each other. It hasn't been like one mm-hmm. key yo yo that's kind of made it all. I think it's kind of the beautiful thing mm-hmm. about it is there's this constant and evolving story, lots of different people involved that makes it really fun and interesting. So,
0: yeah, cool. So, uh, moving into the future, where do you see yo yo design kind of going in the next, like, let's say five, ten years?
1: <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, everything kind of goes in cycles a little bit. And I think right now, you know, what originally, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. It goes back to like, yo-yo jam back in their day where always do lots of weird things. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was like, everyone would shake their head and go, why would anybody ever want this? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, like they would, they would make like this giant, giant plastic yo-yo. And everyone's like, why even bother doing this? And even, um, you know, they were the first company to make a, a bimetal yo-yo, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like, full metal yo-yo, uh, stainless steel rims, bronze, brass rims. They had a bunch of different designs. And, again, at the time, like nobody was very interested mm-hmm. in those. And then you kind of fast forward. Um, I mean, because at, at that time, at that point in time, you know, all metal yo-yos were very much in... Um and I think, you know, splash anodized had become really popular, like really beautiful visual um, you know, design. And just prior to that too, like solid colored yo-yos with beautiful laser engraving, I think, had been mm-hmm. pretty popular prior to kind of splash anodizing and coming about. And then we kinda of even had a resurgence in plastic yo-yos. So plastic mm-hmm. yo's were kind of exciting again. Um, everyone was into plastic yo-yos. And then we kind of got into, you know, undersized yo-yos, and then we kind of re-evolved back into full-size yo-yos, and then we kind of re-evolved, and and there's this, this cycle that happens, and what's kind of interesting about it is it does keep things interesting and exciting, because people continually learn from all the Small improvements people find to make in design, and so you know, while it's it's kind of funny that we go on these waves of like everyone's playing with mini yos and everyone's playing with large yos, now everyone wants to buy metal yoyo, now everyone wants like a full metal yoyo with really nice animation, and now everyone wants this really cool engraving. Um, that cycle is cool because you do learn what is interesting, um, and then they kind of build off itself, and so. I definitely kind of think we're, we'll we'll still see this really interesting kind of cycle in design. Um, You know, people get interested and excited about different things. And I think you see this in a lot of other industries too. Um, You know, you see kind of this kind of trends, you know, like we also have a toy store and the same thing happens there with toys where it's like, everyone's really into board games Mm -hmm. and everyone's really into Lego. And then everyone's really into this and, so the, the kind of progression from one thing to the next is very natural. Um, and again, it kind of is cool because it helps people focus on that one thing at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to predict what else will be innovated. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I've been like telling yo Factory I really wanted Hubstacks to make a return because I always felt like Hubstacks added this really amazing... Point of interest mm-hmm. and it's not that you can necessarily do a ton of unique tricks with them um but when you're first learning how to yo-yo and you learn the bind return it's very exciting to hold your yo-yo while it's spinning and pull start it mm-hmm. and you know hub stacks are old now i mean that's like 2006 even i guess maybe it's when they kind of first debuted them uh, maybe even earlier but you know What's old is new many mm-hmm. times, and so they kind of re- just rebooted the Skyline, and they had done Hubstacks last year on the Confusion uh, GT and uh, the 888 GT. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to kind of see these things get revisited, but then off new designs, and to see what you learn mm-hmm. and reapply it makes it all new and exciting. So I think we'll see a lot of the same stuff, but it's always through, you know, whoever's designing its new perspective or new angle on how to make it unique and
0: different. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely. And it, you definitely see like when the designs come back, like with undersized yo-yos, there's been a couple really good ones that have come out recently. It's like, they're just steps ahead oh, of where yeah. they were before too.
1: No, I mean, totally, you know, especially, yeah, many, 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 many yo-yos. Yeah. Same what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even just, you know, your standard undersized pocket yo-yo, you know, yeah, I'm always amazed at like when you think you've hit this the the peak of yo-yo design and then somebody surprises you with something.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, let's move the conversation onto the yo-yo community. So I know you, we we touched on it a little bit and and how you guys have a pretty good yo-yo community in your area. But uh, what are some of the things that get you really excited in general about the yo-yo community?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always uh, tell people when they first get into that it's amazing that you can you know feel so connected with somebody after you've only met them for a minute Mm -hmm. just off the simple toy right you know it's like kind of crazy you can once you say you know how to yo-yo like you can kind of look up most countries and you could probably find someone to stay at Mm -hmm. their house you know just by kind of bringing up the fact that you share this mutual interest there's not many other things where it feels that safe (laughs) (laughs) to even do that I, I can't I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, communities, you know, with the internet and everything like that, are it's amazing. You know, people can connect in ways they could never do so before. Um, but there is something very special about yo-yo, and that, yeah, it's it bridges location, it bridges age. Um, you know, I think it's one of the few things I can find where it's like. You can have an eight-year-old kid and someone in their 40s, 50s, 60s hanging out and kind of sharing the same level of commitment, the same mm-hmm. level of interest. And many times it's the younger kids um, that are even giving more to the older you know, generation, uh, which is very rare because normally, whatever it is, the older generation is always going to have the upper hand. But Man, those... this is one of the few where the younger generation, you know,
0: <laughs> those twelve-year-olds, they freaking pick it up so fast.
1: <laughs> oh, so fast! You know, you need them, right? Because yeah. they're the only ones that can teach you. Mm-hmm. They obviously have more time to practice on their hands too, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts, and I think it's also—it's um, just so accepting. You know, I think people attracted to yo-yo. Um, are generally pretty open-minded to begin with and tends to attract people that just, you know, they see the benefit of play. Mm -hmm. Um, They see the benefit of learning, um, finding something that is unique and cool and different. Um, And so the personalities that you find are just just that, you know, it's people you really want to connect with and hang out with. And I think that kind of lends itself to that reason why, um when somebody knows like what it's like you know what a bind return is okay like mm-hmm. you're cool like like let's chat you know like you know you know as soon as if you met someone walking in the street and they knew what a bind return was you know you could just like oh, yeah. go hang out with them for a day and it yep. would be amazing and that's all you need to know mm-hmm. right and, and that's amazing like what other right. <laughs> community ho- what I, I can't even think of anything else that kind of has that same Mm-mm. across all ages, across, you know, all types of people. It's amazing.
0: Well, so. and what's even cool about It's like pretty much everybody at every level, it doesn't matter. There's still trick to, tricks to learn. And a lot of the times, like the beginners know tricks that the experts don't. So it's like even totally. everybody has somebody to or something to contribute to somebody else. So it's...
1: No, exactly. It's really right. Cool yeah. Man. I mean, because like, you know, if you get really into skateboarding or whatever, um, it's like the people at the top are obviously going to have filled in the gaps below on almost everything, but mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yo-yoing is, is very open. Like you can always learn something new from everybody. I think that's a perfect point. You just made I love it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, along those lines, how do you think, I love asking this question. So uh, how do you think the average yo yoer can grow the yo-yo community?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the the biggest thing is just trying to introduce it to new people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, a lot of people that get into yo-yos may be um (laughs) quiet they may not Mm -hmm. be the most outgoing people um and so it can be really intimidating to walk up to somebody and, and show off what they're doing and at the same point i'm always blown away by how quickly some of the most quiet kids um become some of the best performers and like become some of the best you know kind of uh yeah, they, they can get it in front of more people than you would ever expect. And I think some people just got to kind of give themselves the benefit of the doubt. And also remember that, like, you know, when you do show somebody modern yo yo, um, it's really kind of like a gift you're giving them if they get mm-hmm. into it. Cause you know, you know, you know how important it is, um, you know, yo yo to your life kind of thing. And when people discover yo yo and it changes their life because they get so into it and it's such a good thing for them. Um, to know that you can pass that on to other people, I think is so, is so huge. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just finding opportunities to put it in front of people, whether that's like, you know, you're yo-yoing at the movie theaters while you're waiting to walk in and somebody does that thing where they go, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of like just shrugging and turning your back to them, you know, like take the opportunity to, to go, yeah, this is a modern yo-yo. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I'm going to throw it. It's not going to come back to my hand. You have to learn to bind return like start a conversation um learn that people are saying something to you because they're really intrigued about what you're doing and want to usually talk about it um and i think you know a lot of people are predisposed to just kind of shrug turn their back and this is my thing i don't really mm-hmm. you know they get nervous about i don't i don't know whatever saying the wrong thing um but it's so huge to try and, and encourage conversation about it mm-hmm. um it is such a good
0: thing well the the cool thing then, about that uh, yeah, good with the tricks is if you're nervous about playing yo-yo in front of somebody that doesn't know yo-yoing they have no idea when you miss a trick or not so just go for it
1: Yep. Yeah. and i mean the most impressive trick is rock the baby for someone who's never seen yeah. you it's like you can be throwing down the most complex <laughs> string trick and i mean actually the most impressive trick now is is like tornado bind yeah know? like i yeah. It's amazing just how mind-blowing that is mm-hmm. to new people. Like it's like magic. And for me I used to do gyroscopic flop for everybody and that was kind of the trick mm-hmm. that that would seal the deal on them being like wow. Um, but now it's tornado bind. Yeah. That's cool, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean you always I mean, get you always get stuff like that. You always get people asking if you can walk the dog and it's like, "Well, I'm not going to walk the dog with the metal <laughs> yo-yo on concrete." Then you do yeah, a grind yeah. and they're like, "Oh, that's that's really yeah. cool." that's that's cool yeah than the i dog. definitely
1: i do that like walk here's walk the dog up the arm yep. you know and that's exactly that yeah yeah it's connecting with people i mean that's one of the other cool things about yo-yo is that everybody for the most part everyone has kind of a story with a yo-yo i mean mm-hmm. even the younger kids it's just like at some point they come across a yo-yo as a toy and either their parents are excited about it and we'll tell them all about it or they'll pick it up and their, their parents like i don't know and the kid tries to do it and has no idea how it works and they kind of remember that and whether or not they can do it Mm -hmm. even everyone kind of has a story about a yo-yo and when they see somebody doing it really well in person it's so intriguing um even more so than you know because i feel like when people see kendama they get excited about kendama and they are very curious about what it is um but a lot of people don't even know what it is Mm -hmm. versus yo-yo it's like everyone knows yo-yo and so you know they immediately connect with it and then to try and show them how new it is can be huge. So, cool. Yeah, I mean, the other thing we're trying to to kind of kick into gear right now is um, we're working on like a club grant program. So nice. people, if they're in an area and they want, you know, to start a club, trying to give them the foundation they need to properly connect with people, implement it, kind of learn best practices in terms of teaching, approaching people, and stuff like that. We, uh, you know, we teach classes here three days a week at our toy mm-hmm. store still. And I've kind of restructured in the past. Actually, <clears throat> in the past year, exactly, because I relaunched like our trick program mm-hmm. last January and learned a lot from how to properly present it to kids and keep them into it. Because I think it's so crucial, those first few tricks you teach somebody, mm-hmm. um, that you know they learn fast and they understand what they're doing, that they're encouraged to want to do it Um, and it's, it's kind of 50, 50, it's like 50% of it is learning, learning, and 50% of it is honestly the interaction that you have with them, you know, making them feel excited and making them feel comfortable and stuff like that. And so I think trying to find ways to help people get that, you know, is huge, um, as well as giving them the tools they need. So like giving them the trick cards and giving them yo-yos that they can actually teach on and also helping them connect with places, that are either looking for that kind of type of, you know, like yo-yo program or just looking for spaces that are open to people coming in and hanging out and advertising for them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's going to be a big thing for us. I think that's... in 2020 is just trying to, you know, em- encourage people to get out there and put it in front of people.
0: That uh, is, that is pretty awesome. That makes me really excited to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so crucial. So.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, I won't keep you too long, but, uh, last section i just want to kind of pick your brain on some current yo-yos since i'm sure you've played with all the new ones that have come out probably a couple that aren't even out yet but uh i know it's the best oh i can imagine a little jealous of that uh display i know it's it's
1: so i know well it's i really need to update it i've got most of my yo-yos i play with everyone's always like how big is your collection and i i just like i just play everything Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of my yo-yos end up with dents in them and stuff, unfortunately. But I mean, like, I just, they're all around my house. I just constantly playing with stuff. But yeah, I mean, totally over Christmas brought home a bunch of new yo-yos with me. And nice. It was, it's always exciting. So
0: Nice. So, uh, so what are some of the new yo-yos that you can't quite seem to put down?
1: Um, I mean, it's funny, like, flavor of the week, I guess, right now, too, right? um, Mm Because Caribou Lodge just released The Boy, Mm, uh, which is such a funny name, and it it harkens back to um, original Caribou Lodge design, um, Arctic Circle, Arctic Circle 2, far more Arctic Circle 1 Arctic Circle 2, actually, with The Boy. And uh, I've always, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I've always been a big fan of The Chief and the inner ring, the inner double ring, Mm -hmm. and The Boy kind of uses that and kind of has added stability to what the Arctic Circle design was. Um so I've been really just loving playing with that yo yo a lot. Um we just uh I mean again it's it's all a lot of these older models are kind of like rebooting. It's kind of crazy. Um yo sent me a uh the, one of the Pyro mm. X prototypes they'd made, and so I was throwing that a lot just because it's kind of a fun yeah. organic ish modern shape and it's a beautiful looking yo mm-hmm. Um and <clears throat> what else has been really fun? Um what's on my desk right now? Let's <laughs> see. I've got a wildfire. Um I mean funny enough I've actually been I've got some prototypes of what comes next for dark magic. Nice. Um, I've been throwing, throwing around a bit of that. It's been pretty exciting.
0: That is, that is very exciting. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's closer than it has been in a while. So we're doing something with that. Like I mentioned before too, I love shutter wide angle mm-hmm. and they had just done some of those beautiful new designs, yeah. um, at worlds or from worlds. Like he did like the black with the gold mm-hmm. kind of inlay design on that, which is just stunning. Um, yeah i mean i'm I'm honestly just always throwing so many <laughs> different ones um one of the other random ones I found so fun, like fascinatingly fun was the fat tire from one drop
2: mm, okay. um
1: I'm a huge huge fan of side effects, so like I love okay. how side effects make things play, and the fat tire has these crazy flat, wide rims, and it just kind of has this very unique, weird style of play and uh, you wouldn't think looking at it that it was going to be that <laughs> that exciting you know to throw but it's awesome it's so much fun yeah i mean luckily I, i'm definitely in the position where i get to try a lot of different yo-yos mm-hmm. constantly um and everything that's come out in the past couple of months has just been awesome um even you know yoyo factory um with the meerkat um mm-hmm. from betty from mexico really enjoy playing with that a lot it's kind of a faster bimetal yo-yo and i think betty's just a really cool you know person to kind of mm-hmm. promote um akita from caribou lodge i also love how that plays um yeah i could list tons <laughs> of yo-yos so
0: <laughs> you're in a good spot for it so uh yeah kind of moving on from like the the yo-yos that you play so seeing you've probably taught more people to yo-yo than just about Anybody in the world. So, what are your uh, go to beginner yo-yos to recommend?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, right now in the past year, we've actually really switched gears on that. Initially, I was always, you know, in the mindset of just like, okay, give them one Mm yo-yo that can do both responsive and unresponsive. Um, So that way they have it. When they're ready to bind, they can jump the binding, you know. And when I restructured a trick list this year, I found the the exact right amount of beginner responsive tricks to put on a list that felt really cohesive, and then switch to bind return at that point. And so I found it's actually best to start somebody just on a completely responsive yo yo, that's cheap, easy Mm -hmm. to get started on, and then quickly let them jump to bind return um, on a new yo yo, ideally, because it's, you know, it can be can be difficult to try and make a yo-yo go from responsive to unresponsive even if it's just switching the bearing and we still sell a lot of yo-yos that can do that um so anyways like my favorite yo-yo to teach on our yo-yo classes right now is called the spin star from yo-yo factory um and it's funny enough not even a ball bearing Mm yo-yo it's a trans it's a transaxle has a plastic sleeve at the center but um i can you know do every kind of responsive trick on it and The thing I like best about it is it stays responsive. Um, Because with a bearing yo-yo, over time as the bearings break in, um, it spins smoother and smoother. And eventually, if the response wears down, the bearing gets too smooth, it's not going to quite snap back to the hand. And if somebody wasn't ready to learn the bind return and they get discouraged, or even when they're first starting and they tug and it doesn't come back up, Mm -hmm. um, that discouragement can be huge and it can just knock somebody out right away. Um, So I've kind of found that spin star stays responsive, really good. Again, not bearing, but at, you know, six to $8, generally speaking, it's a really great way to teach people all the basics, um, especially a sleeper, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, rock the baby. Um, You can still learn how to land a trapeze perfectly on it and still get the snap back to your hand. It's great. Definitely doesn't have the longest spin times, Mm -hmm. but you know, I still I still think it's pretty awesome. Um, and I really like the shape of that specific yo-yo too. And then the other one too that's that's been really popular for us is the Arrow from Yo-Yo Factory too. Yo-Yo Factory is definitely kind of the leader here. <clears throat> they are the one company that's still making plastic yo-yos um, at high rates. Duncan has still done a very good job too. And the uh, the new Butterfly XT is actually amazing for teaching on as well. Um, We have a lot of uh, Duncan Crew um, sponsored players are actually up here, too. So Butterfly XT, we definitely recommend a lot as well. Um, And I definitely, you know, Spinstar and Butterfly XT are pretty comparable. I think, um, it's funny, the Butterfly XT probably is like a better, it's a a better yo-yo maybe in the sense that it has a bearing. So it actually can do string tricks over time. Um, but I do find the spin star stays responsive longer, better in that sense, and has a little bit more weight to it. Um, whereas the butterfly XT, um, over time, it can kind of start not responding quite as well. And I think it goes both ways. Some people want that too. I Mm -hmm. think some people want to teach on something like that. And I find people learn on both great. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, back to the arrow. The arrow is also, um it can go from responsive to unresponsive by switching out the bearing. So it starts really responsive. And until recently, they just changed with the new run um, that's out there right now. They come in lime green, orange, and galaxy colors. They made the gap tight enough now that it always stays responsive because we were having that kind of same issue where if the bearing broke in, even the thin bearing, sometimes it wouldn't come back up right away without lube. And uh, I was always worried again, that someone would get discouraged. So, um, we would sell them with lube, but now they mm. work even without lube and they'll stay responsive nice. and it's great.
0: Nice. So. And that just, that eliminates a barrier for the kids, makes it whatever you can do to make it easier.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's the most important thing is you're putting something in people's hands that's going to kind of continue to work, <clears throat> not overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. And I think at the moment, those are my favorites. So
0: Nice. So, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up right there. Um, so do you want to go ahead and, your, plug your plug stuff. So a website and Instagram and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you can find us at yo, yo expert.com and you can at find us <laughs> at Instagram at yo, yo expert, Facebook at yoyoexpert. expert. It's all pretty much the same nice. thing. Um, you can also find me personally directly, um, at Andre expert. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andre dot or yo expert dot Andre. Yeah, I think it's Andre dot.
0: Okay, and I'll uh, make sure to throw that in the show notes so people can just go <laughs> right to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Andre dot yo expert. I'm right, like, nice. trying to decide like which way is better. So I think I decided that my name first because people generally type a name first. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as well. Cool. So, and then, of course, the yo-yo expert forums so where you can come hang out, talk, and meet other yo-yo players. So Nice
0: a good place to be yep cool thank you so much for your time
1: yeah cool thanks for nice to meet you yeah